Hey guys, welcome back to the Big Girl Things Podcast with Laura and Tamika. Today our topic is, does your body image determine your worth? The apparent issue in society is that many women have negative body images of themselves. Even with the increasing knowledge and awareness of the fact, this doesn't seem to have reduced. Many women are just as obsessed with their body image and nowadays it's starting at a younger and younger age. So in today's podcast, we'll be touching on multiple aspects of women's body image. This includes our own take on body on how our body image has evolved, why women have negative body images of themselves, the impact our body image has on our lives, and lastly, what we've done personally to improve our own body image. So to begin with, let's start with sharing what our earliest memory of talking or thinking negatively about our body was and how did this affect us? Thanks, Laura. This is such a huge one because I don't think we're ever going to get rid of these issues in society around body image. I think it it absolutely goes back to, um, you know, it's all around us with social media, our childhood experiences, what we're exposed to. And I guess thinking about me personally, and I think a lot of people can relate, is it goes back to, you know, who were our influences as a child? And if we think about it, that um, absolutely always say this with compassion, that my mother absolutely had uh, poor body image issues. So, um, you know, I watched my mum speak really negatively about herself growing up. And I think if I, if I really do think about it, I didn't start paying attention to my body until probably grade six. So pre, you know, puberty and going through that stage, which a lot of girls start to do it around, you know, getting into year seven and secondary school. How old would you be in year six? I probably would have been about 12. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same for me around then. Yeah, yeah. So I guess at that time, as you know, growing women, we're starting to develop, you know, breasts and um, all those sort of things. And I think still we're starting to. Yeah. Aren't we? But then we start looking at our our <laughs> friends and other people around us, and we start noticing that we're different to each other, don't we? So you know, I had friends that were, I guess, a lot more physically mature than what I was, and I started to question, oh. Am I like okay? Like, do you know what I mean? So I started started to comparing, started to compare myself um, at that point, and I think high school it just, you know, it only got worse. And I, I think when I probably started thinking negatively about myself was social media being exposed to that, and we see such mm. filtered images on social media, uh, which aren't portrayed as you know what is normal and natural mm. um, for a girl. And when we look on social media, the they, you know, the oft, often the picture that we see is, you know, a girl in size eight and, you know, very uh, photoshopped. Yet the average yeah. body image in, in the world is actually a size 10 to 12. And a lot of people don't know that. And we're going off that, um, you know, off that image of, uh, from society. But yeah, that's probably my, my earliest memory of starting to develop that and, okay. And yeah, feeling negative about myself. But how about you, Laura? Um, for me, I believe it was around that age as well. That's kind of long when I started to understand to differentiate between boy and girl mm. kind of thing. People started falling in love. Um, your hormones started coming up, and I used to be really, really. I used to be the tall kid in school, mm. <laughs> and I think that was about it. That stopped when I was eleven. Um, and it was um, I don't think many people we had 
sex education yeah. in school and things like that. But I don't really think that it really touched on um, how your body changes an emotional aspect of yes. it. They tell you the physical changes, but they don't tell you how it affects you mentally. Mm-hmm. Like, and for some reason now thinking uh, thinking back, because I, I had a lot of body image issues as well. Mm-hmm. I used to be bigger in high school where everyone uh, back in Asia is generally quite small and skinny mm. and petite mm. um, so even and I used to love sports and I was in the athletics team and my coach would would call me an elephant wow yeah wow he's just like I, I did really well in one of our um one of the uh, the races ones and he's like, oh, wow, even even baby elephant can come thin. Oh, my god! And I was just, and like, as a, as a growing girl, like, that crushes you. You want to be beautiful swan or Absolutely. something, you know? And then for, for a male teacher who you look up to to say that of you, like, mm-hmm. it just crushes you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think it just grew up really not, de- not liking the way that my body looks. I mm-hmm. had all these pictures. I was determined that I changed my body. So I had all these pictures of Victoria's Secret models mm. out because um, we watched a lot of American TV back then. Of home. course, yeah. Um, so those were our role models. Like these yeah. are the girls who were desired. They were tall and skinny. And mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned before many times that at some point in my teenagers, I wanted to be white when I grew up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was that. So not a not very healthy um of my body image that I have. Absolutely. Laura, for me, there was a time where I guess my views uh, and thoughts around body image became worse and I think more disordered. Mm. Would you say that there was a time in your life where, you know, in your adult life where you think that that was more exacerbated, I guess, and um, triggered in a sense? Um, I think so. For me, that was definitely in college mm. when I had my, um, the freedom to do whatever I wanted to. Now, my parents wouldn't actually tell me to eat. They weren't, dinner wasn't ready, I wasn't supervised, and I could do it, anything that I wanted to. If mm-hmm. I didn't want to eat, I didn't have to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, what do you call that? I found out this new thing called cardio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cardio, our old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was actually on the verge of breaking up with my ex at that time. I was like, you know, when two people go into a relationship, at the end of it, someone there's always someone who come, walks out looking as good as ever, and there's always mm. the other one who is fat. Mm. <laughs> I was the one who got Aww. fat. So I was like, no, this is not going to work. I need to have, I need to be lose some weight before I end this relationship. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, I'm just just leaving myself start on the wrong foot. So. Started working out. I ate less and less and less, and all at the end of the day, I was just having salads and soup. Wow! Um, yeah. Working out every single day would be like absolutely insane. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that was like I think the start of my my body dysmorphia and mm-hmm. also my eating disorders. Where but later on, I start binge eating and throwing up mm-hmm. and the whole shebang. Wow. Yeah. Well, how, about, how about yourself? Yeah. And it's probably the first time I've really shared this because I haven't shared this with many people at all. Um, probably Matt and a, probably a, a couple of close friends, but I went through a very, very dark place with my body image and I think it's absolutely directed to mental health as well. So when we think about it, when we are, you know, going through a, I guess, a, a depressive stage or, you know, some sort of mental health issue, I guess we use something to control, 
you know, to gain control in our, in our lives. And for me, it was probably at the, the verge of 16, uh, sorry, maybe 17 and 18 when I was sort of transitioning out of home and I was um, in some unhealthy relationships and I had, I felt like I could control my body. So I found mm. as, as yourself, like a, a love for cardio and I knew that, okay, you, you hear so much, oh, I need to burn calories and that will help me lose weight. Um, and I did something that um, I know that a lot of girls do as well and have done in the past, um, and it was very unsafe. Um, did you, have you ever heard of Duramine? No. It's, it's a prescription that a lot of women that are overweight mm. take. So I was actually taking Duramine, and it's actually similar to speed. It's, it's exactly, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's prescribed by doctors, doctors mm-hmm. that um, they prescribe it to people that are overweight. And I was at all not overweight. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. So I took it and it made you lose weight instantly. Um, and I'm saying this on a podcast now because it's absolutely unhealthy and the implications of that, and I'll tell anyone that, yes, I lost probably five to seven kilos in it like a month. Yeah, as soon as I stopped taking that Duramine, it came back and it came back fast and double that. So, you know, those things, but things that girls go through in yeah. like to, uh, I guess, to gain control of their, their body image, but yet the, the issues are so much more deeper than that. Um, yeah. And that was such a snowball effect. It wasn't until I moved, so that was probably when I was living in a small town called Horsham, and then I moved to Ballarat and um, my boyfriend at the time was in to weight training and I started going to the gym and I never really lifted weights. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to learn and understand carbs. Carbs were never my friend at all. Yeah. And then I started following this... Um, do you remember those Maxi, Max and Maxine challenges? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> kid, me, kid you not, like whilst that... Um, a lot of people abuse it. That actually taught me that carbs were okay because I would never, yeah. yeah. I used to um, follow Ashley Bynes and do all the clean eating and I wouldn't eat carbs at all. And until I started following that and it was like, oh, you could include carbs in your meal plans. That's when I started understanding that if I eat carbs and weight train, then I'll gain muscle um, and started seeing the physical effects and and the mental health effects of, you know, going to the gym and and lifting weights. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to be really vulnerable and share that because so many girls do go through, you know, crash diets and, um, you know, a calorie restriction um, and over-exercising and that sort of thing to, um, you know, in order to gain a better, they feel like it's a better body image, but really it's so much more deeper than that, isn't it? It is. Just a quick question. Yeah. Yeah. What sort of crash diets have you tried? Oh my gosh. So many. Okay. So it would have started, um, I did, do you remember the lemon detox? Oh, who does? <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't yeah, even last four that. days. I didn't last four days. I was so <laughs> sick. Um, I, I, but people don't understand. You're not losing weight. You're losing yeah. all the fluid out of like the water retention. Yeah. And then because you're not preserving like muscle, you're not having mm-hmm. any protein, you're going to lose muscle. So 100%. <laughs> yeah. What about you? That was probably a big one that comes to mind. Well, I've got so many that I try. I tried the, the water diet that lasted a day and a half. <laughs> it just, you'd eat nothing but mm-hmm. just drink water. That was really difficult. Cause like I was living under my parents' roof and I, if anyone knows Asian parents, uh, they'll be asking you to come downstairs and have some, something to eat yeah. every, every other hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> and grandma would be there at the table from having my vegetables she's like have some have some rice if you don't have rice you're not gonna be full like when i'm eating lots of vegetables she's just like no have some rice (laughs) (laughs) kill me please oh gosh um 
so that, that didn't last really long. I tried the keto diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried the no-carb diet, as what probably most people have. Yes, yeah. Um, the eat close to nothing diet, again, that, that seems to be the one that I keep rotating um, in and out of, mm. is the eat less and less and less and mm-hmm. do more cardio as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and see how long that goes for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those those were mine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's so many like, and I just want to add on that as well. That speaking about body image, I think that was also triggered more when I did my bikini comp because I think you know you feel like you're in a good place of mind to do a bikini comp, but really, I think my reasons probably at that age I was. 2021 mm-hmm. um I think it was for validation and I think it was for me to feel like oh if I do this and it'll help me with my self self-worth um but even girls and you say that oh once we get to this this body image and I feel great about myself no you get to that point and even girls on that stage that have won for you know first prize yeah. they still feel shit about their bodies really absolutely and they will continue to say that and and it's because the work the work comes inside, you know, and that will lead on into our, um, you know, in our point later on, talking about, you know, some things that have helped us overcome body image issues. And, um, but absolutely, we think that the, you know, as soon as we get to that ideal weight, um, that will feel great, but it's, it's not that at all. Yeah. And you can relate to that too. Yeah. Yeah. I just actually thought of another diet that I tried. And this is, I've heard something recently. Someone told me about this ingredient that I was having, with my with my dad and I thought it was meant to help you lose um lose weight lose fat apparently it's meant to increase your oh. ap- appetite oh so my gosh when I heard this I was shocked I I was we were at the gym and I'm like what <laughs> I was was the apple cider uh you know how you they say have a shot of apple cider yeah yeah and she's like no it's it's not meant to lose help you lose weight she's like my coach puts it in my my diet plan so I can eat more so it opens so it increases my appetite so I can eat more what you're joking oh really because I always say I'd love to oh, I have to go back and do some research now because I used to do that religiously like in the mornings I'd have like a shot of apple cider vinegar do you feel like that uh, worked? Well, I thought my we'll definitely have to go back to our <laughs> to our search and have a look at this because I always thought it was to help improve your digestion and boost your metabolism. That's what I thought. That's hmm. what, that's why it's called the apple cider like diet. You have it every morning or something like that. Wow. Okay, we'll have to go back to that one. Well, <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's get into our point two, which I think is really interesting. Is why do you think that most women have negative body images of themselves? And what's the impact of that on their lives? Mm. I think we've, we've got a lot to talk about on this one. Um, why, and like I, I drew on a little bit before, it absolutely does come back to childhood and who we're influenced by. Mm. And when we think about social media and, you know, what we what we hear, what we see, we learn, we're people of, you know, observing behaviour. Like, that's how we learn. We learn from others. We what we hear and and what we see, um, I think that's absolutely why people have uh, poor body image issues. Um, But I think when we think about the impacts that it has, you think about that the amount of energy we as women and and males place on ourselves and our body image. And once we take that away, and I guess, you know, you and I could both say this, that when we've overcome a lot of this, you know, we still have the issues, but 
we free up so much mental capacity, don't we? Because, you know, rather than, you know, there's so many girls and, you know, we still, we can still do it from time to time, you know, check ourselves to see, oh, you know, are we looking okay in the mirror? Like, and and so self-conscious, but if we free up that space, then we're able to dedicate so much more energy and mental capacity to other things that we're, you know, our relationships and our career and, and things like that. So that's my view on that. Um, 100%. Yeah. I think, I think that um, my point of view is that, like you mentioned, like since we were young, we it's been hardwired into us to do what other people have done, have mm. ambitions that other people have, um, of goals that other people have accomplished. And as a result, we also follow what other people tell us is beautiful. Mm. So I was I was thinking about this because um, how do we convey like the years of transformation that we've had and the lesson that we learn now into mm-hmm. um, for our audience to find it helpful. So I was thinking that um came up with this in order to break free from the stereotype you have to define what beautiful is to you. Absolutely. Um, which um I've shared with you before during the start of COVID, which is last year until the end, I started to I told myself like I'm not gonna wear makeup. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stop wearing makeup because mm-hmm. I felt like um previously I was in a sales role. So every time we rock up to work, if we dress nicely, if we felt good, we felt like we could sell more. Mm-hmm. So on days, um like on a Saturday or whatever, I had a big night out, sometimes we roll in a bit rough and we're like, Oh, today's gonna be a bad day <laughs> because I don't look good. So mm-hmm. hence I'm not gonna perform well. Wow. A lot of and um a couple of the girls at the shop as well, they felt exactly the same way. Like, yeah. oh I look like shit today, I'm not gonna do well, like, mm-hmm. you know, just felt so deflated, like you weren't worth anything because you didn't look good mm. um, so then a couple of months down the line i was actually just curious i'm like let's have a look and see if uh, we actually made a difference in sales so i had a look and on the days where i wore more makeup and the days i didn't wear makeup it wasn't feeling that good i made about maybe 100 200 bucks difference worth of sale mm-hmm. um, out of like 14 1500 mm-hmm. so that like that wasn't really a massive difference no and then I purposely tried to rock up to work without my makeup. I dressed well and everything, but I rocked up without makeup and see how I did. Did just as well. Wow. See, that is huge. And I love that you have shared that because that's just challenging society's views. Do you know what I mean? Like we get so caught up in thinking, oh, we have to be X, Y, and Z for, you know, for people to like us or for us to do well in our jobs and, and that sort of thing. But you've actually proved that. That's that's amazing, Laura. Thank you so much for sharing that. No, that's all. Because yeah. at some point I was getting really tired of trying to look good. I'm like, I just don't have the effort anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Especially during COVID, you're like trying so hard to keep your spirits up, to do what's normal. And mm-hmm. well, I really can't be bothered putting makeup on anymore. Mm-hmm. And so then it, it got me pondering. It's just like... What can I, you know, get away with it with not putting makeup on? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I started thinking from a male's perspective. Guys rock up to work without makeup. Yeah, they they roll out of the house in five minutes. They, Absolutely, they do just as well, if not sometimes even better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so like, you know, I was trying to bridge the difference there, and I try try to do a bit of research and observation of my own, mm-hmm. and it really is how you feel. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with. Yeah, um, surely it's got something to do with how you look. Like, yeah. don't look like a bum, mm. but but it's confidence and how we present ourselves, isn't it? As well, mm-hmm. if we believe and tell ourselves that we are beautiful, um, we'll feel confident, and it's how it's delivered as well. Mm-mm. You know, like own that. Like, 
you know, and something that I'll talk about later, we don't have to necessarily love ourselves right now. That's the absolute goal. But right now, if we accept ourselves for who we are and for how we look, mm. that will go so far. 100%. I think I was thinking about another point the other day about when you touched on social media. Mm. I think that's definitely played a, like a massive, massive part. Sometimes you feel like, no, I've got the choice to decide who I get influenced by and things like that. But we don't realize when we go to the clothing store, we think of, okay, what is popular now? What do other people wear? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reflecting this because I recently gone um, gone clubbing with Pat and as an, a few, as an older woman now, <laughs> I feel so old sometimes because... You know when you just calm down and you're not seeking that attention anymore? Yes. Oh, you, yeah. You observe so much more. Mm. So you notice everyone who's like seeking attention, what people wear. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right? Um, and I, I thought to myself, why are these all these girls wearing less and less clothing? Like, what is the what is the goal with that, you know? Mm. And then I, I, I thought about it and I'm thinking... It's probably because everyone, every every influencer on social media is wearing less and less clothing nowadays. Mm-hmm. Everyone's showing their ass. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's trying to flash a boob or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and sexuality is being promoted as a desirable thing and like the main attraction on social media. So why wouldn't absolutely we that's what about our bodies? yeah and that's what you know girls and it's not changing anytime soon. Um, you know, girls think that. You know, having skin out, having makeup on, like that's that's gonna get them attention. And because that's what they see on social media, absolutely. Lick your lips, wink at them, flip yeah, your hair, like yeah, girl, absolutely, <laughs> for sure. We have all been there. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm guilty of it. But, yeah, um, for sure. At the same time, I wish someone would have taught me then, like kind of just sent me down, tell me you don't need to do all these things to mm-hmm. be beautiful and to be noticed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, moving on to the next one, it's just equally as um, as exciting of, um, of a question. What have we done to improve our body image? Oh, I love this question because we're constantly improving, you know, as we go on. Like, we're never fully, you know, cured as such. Like, we're always going to have some limiting beliefs and, and, and think poorly. We all have body image day, issue days, you know, where we, we think, oh, gosh, I look fat in especially around our, our cycle. You know, we feel a bit bloated and yucky. But, look, I think the biggest one for me is – I'm going to share a little story. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so a few years ago, um, and when we talk about the question before around, you know, what were the impacts of you having poor uh, negative uh, body image – Mine was absolutely over-exercising and under-eating. And as a result of that, and we've spoken about Laura, I lost my period. So I lost my cycle for, would have been four to five years. Um, And I got to a point where I was very goal, I've always been very goal-oriented. And I was like, I'm going to get my cycle back this year. I had, I'm going to cut the story a little bit short, but I, through that time, in order for me to get my period back I knew through research that I had to stop exercise there are other ways around it but I chose this method I had to stop all exercise not get my um, BPM over 140 and I had to eat in a surplus of calories so 2500 plus so I was eating before that I was eating about 16 1800 and exercising one to two times a day so yeah so as a result of that I gained in a small amount of time, um, between 10 and 20 kilos. Yeah, it was, it was huge. Um, you know, I've lost a lot of that now, but at the time 
that was the hardest time of my life. I've gone through breakups. I've gone through mental health issues. I've gone through a lot of adversity. But that period of time, I'd say, was probably one of the most darkest places I've been in. And the way I knew, the, the way I had to get out of that was focusing on things that were outside my body image. Because and I'm getting a little bit emotional actually talking about this because it was a huge part of myself that I, I really developed and found myself because I attributed so much of my life and my identity through exercise and body image. So without that, I was like, I felt like I was nobody, you know, without exercise, without, you know, like I did body, like body, bikini body uh, competitions and you know doing running and and all those sort of things that it was like it was a part of me um so in order to find my self-worth I had to really hone in and and think about okay who am I as a person what qualities do I have which brings me to my point that you need to ask yourself and think about what things and what strengths do you have that are outside your body image so you know thinking about myself as and it's hard. It's hard to sit there and think about your strengths and who you are as a person. Um, you know, I have to think about, look, I'm, I'm a good friend. I feel like I'm compassionate. I, you know, I, I'm good at my job. You know, thinking about these sort of things and, and how that determines my self-worth outside my body image. Yeah. Um, and some examples could be for for other people like are you a good writer like are you a good listener to your friend do you mind your ch- you know your friend's children um, and thinking about things that your body does for you so mm-hmm. not for me but there's there's mothers that carry a child they our bodies have taken us through adversity or helped helped us heal from trauma or an illness or disease so that's something yeah really big that I, I really wanted to share so that's something that's helped me yeah Oh, that's really good to hear. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thanks. That's a very, that's definitely a very personal story and could tell like it meant a lot to you. Mm. You're a very happy, bubbly, positive kind of person to say that you've been in a really dark place Mm. can almost like feel the, how tough it was to get out of it. And the fact that now you're able to pull yourself back, I'm not just like be a victim of what happened to you and say mm. I'm just going to let myself go mm-hmm. this is what it is this is what happened to me I think that's that's such an inspiration yeah thanks Laura and and to end that on a positive note so mm. I ended up gaining my period and I ended up Yay! finding a healthy relationship with food and exercise and now it's finding that balanced lifestyle but I would really love to hear about some of the things that you've done personally to help improve your uh, body image or uh, belief about around body image right so what happened really was i think i really hit rock bottom um not even when i was throwing up and binge Mm -hmm. eating and things like that i walked to the supermarket which is like 10 15 minutes away buy a whole heap of stuff Mm -hmm. knowing that i can eat this because after i eat this i'm gonna throw it all up wow i was it was really really bad Mm -hmm. um and i had um started dating uh started dating pet then Mm -hmm. so i try to hide all these things from him it's Mm -hmm. like i don't know how to explain it other than it feels like you you'll be your body's being taken over by somebody else like Mm this um this you know alter ego of yourself you just you just become like an absolute an absolute pig for better better word like when you start binge eating it's like you can't stop yeah it's so difficult to and then after you're done with it it was like oh what what have i done i can't i can't live with the the mistakes that i've made so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try to erase it Mm -hmm. it was a terrible terrible way to be Mm -hmm. because then it started to show 
when I was around um, around other people and I was around Pat, I was very sensitive to food. Um, I'd go out and every time after we eat, like let's say we go on a date and stuff, we have normal food, right? But because I felt like I had binged eat the night before, now I can't, I have to punish myself. Mm-hmm. I need to starve the day out in order to get my calories all balanced out again mm-hmm. and things like that. So we go out and have food and I come home and I feel really uncomfortable because I can't throw up in front of the you know the man of my dreams yeah. <laughs> it'd be really embarrassing so um eventually it did show i was very anxious um so i talking to pat about it and at that time um, i was definitely not realizing my worth and everything else that i had going on for me I was very attached to my body image so mm. i think that was that was when i hit rock bottom when I had to now be honest and open with this man that I love about what's going on with me. I'm like, shit. How hard is that, hey? It was very yeah. hard. So he, he really helped me. He's a big advocate of one step at a time, one yeah. step at a time. So the first step was I said, all right, this week I will not throw up. And then the next week was like, all right, this week I will also not throw up. And mm-hmm. if I do, I will be responsible for it. And I will, um, and I will, I will tell, I will tell you if I throw up. Um, and so that got better and it got better. And every now and then when I binge eat, um, I try to get Pat to keep me accountable to not throw up. Mm-hmm. So f- moving on from, from that time, slowly we got myself into uh, better eating habits of I can't cheat my way through um, through my fitness on my on my body, mm-hmm. if I want to look healthy and if I want to be fit, I have to con- I have to exercise regularly and healthily. Mm-hmm. You know, have a good routine going on, eat nutritious food, have enough water so that your body can actually burn fat the way that it needs to and give you the energy that it needs. So one step at a time. Okay, I'm gonna make sure that I hit the gym uh, the gym four times this week. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. Whatever I do, I do not care. I just need to go to the gym and I'll need to eat my meals. Mm. So that was the starting of me getting out of that bad cycle. And by doing that, I think the the, the goal at the time was to, I just want to be more normal around food. Yeah. I just want to get my life and my sanity back. Um, but there were so many good things that came out of it. I had less mood swings. Yeah. I uh, was less, actually could feel happy. I was more compassionate. I was more ambitious. Um, I think at the end of the day, my mom, my mind was just really calm. Wow. Mm. Wow. And I think you make a really good point there is I think you've shifted. What you did was you shifted your focus from body image and, you know, um, I guess around your binge eating to health. And yeah. I think that's probably a big goal that we do need to focus on where rather than, like I said before, you know, loving our body, accepting it, mm. but thinking about health rather than you know our body image and that can be really hard to think about and very confronting at the start but when you think about okay what do I need to look after my body in order for it to actually feel and look good is going to the gym you know four times a day and eating right and Mm -hmm. I think so many of us get caught up in doing these quick fixes in order to okay let's focus on the here and now but what we really need to do is think about the longevity of it and how do we maintain this as a lifestyle hey 100% 100% and only uh, only after then I felt like okay I actually can I actually can do this and I just, my mindset started to change of looking for other things mm-hmm. other than just um, 
using my my body as a source of validation mm-hmm. and what my worth was I'm like all right this is not sustainable I need to start finding something else then that kind of like prompted me to look um, elsewhere in my life started reading I started having yeah. healthier habits um, things like that and I had a point. I had a point. <laughs> I think I've just lost it there. It's okay. I'll put it back in when I uh, when I remember it. Yeah. Um. But I think one thing was really uh that was really helpful for me as well was being honest with myself. Mm-hmm. I had to sit myself down and say, okay, tell me what is it exactly that you don't like about your body, um, and what have I done mm-hmm. to change the outcome to you know to be complaining about it. Mm-hmm. Like this, if there's something wrong with my body, I need to take responsibility. Let's work on it. Right. I'm going to the gym every day. Let's say I don't like my thighs. Let's let's do something about it. Let's work on it. And eventually, you, I notice that whatever you put your effort into working on, you end up loving. Mm. Mm, absolutely. That's so true. Oh, gosh, you've come through, you know, you've come so far with all of that. And to know, like, you know, going from those small goals, do you know what I mean? And over time, we think, okay, taking one step at a time. But thinking about that now, looking back, how huge is that that you've overcome that? Like, that, that is huge. And I think so many listeners will gain something out of that because there are so many girls and guys that go through uh, binge eating disorder and, you know, bulimia and other disorders and they don't hear enough about it and hear about, you know, what's after that and how, you know, people have gone through it to overcome it. Yeah. So that's great. And thank you so much for sharing. No, that's all good. Thanks. Um, thanks for, like, you... I feel comfortable when, when we have a chat that's, like... You know, like these things, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't share these with with most people. It yeah. almost feels like a burden. To yeah. Sh- share. Like I don't want to trouble you with my problems, but like on a podcast, like I feel if fourteen uh, year old me was listening, I'd love for her to hear these stories and say you don't have to go through that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Another thing that one of my friends was um, fortunate enough to hear, um, I was telling her I was having these. Uh, I have got a couple of food issues. I binge eat a lot, and she's like, oh, "I don't think you have a food issue." I'm like, "What do you mean?" like well think about when you when the times when you start binge eating like what sort of day have you had what sort of things were you doing like well I generally eat to escape my my emotions emotions escape my feelings she's like well maybe then you don't have a an eating um, a food issue maybe you have a stress issue I was like oh my god Mm. (laughs) that really blew my mind and I realized like okay cool I've got to I've got to learn how to deal with my stress so that it doesn't turn into an eating issue. Because mm-hmm. even if I solve the eating issue, I'll find other outlets, like maybe drinking mm-hmm. or something else to solve Absolutely. That. So that, that really made a big difference for me. Yeah. And I do want, absolutely, and I do want to make a point because we're, and we'll absolutely say this again, we are not experts in this field. We're not mm. clinically trained around we're not dietitians or psychologists, but one of the best things I did was, um, and I've shared this before, is seeing a psychologist, and I've um, also been engaged with a dietitian before as well. So yeah. sometimes I think we do need to be mindful around there is binge eating, but there's also binge eating disorder, and there are disorders that can be labelled as that. But if you've got some right. disordered eating, that's a completely different thing. So you might have some issues around, oh, um I you know emotionally eating so because we can we can normalize that to a to a sense because a lot of people it's actually okay to do that from time to time if we've had a a stressful day or you know we're on our period it's okay you know we need to normalize that I think when it becomes a reoccurrence and it's affecting your life your day-to-day life and that's when we need to seek help 
Um, and absolutely, I would encourage people to speak up and, and go out and speak to someone. It's okay. Um, some things that I took away from um, seeing a dietitian is talking about some strategies around, okay, and, and the same thing, when do, when do you notice that you binge eat or you're restricting? And mine was around when I felt like I couldn't control something in my life. So for me, if it was dealing with some family issues or work, then I would gain control of my food or exercise. So we had little sort of red flag moments that we could identify, okay, this is a sort of very vulnerable time for me. What Mm -hmm. things can I put in place? So that would be identifying a support person or um, a healthy, I guess, strategy such as, you know, going to meditate or going for a walk or something like that. Yeah, and putting some boundaries in place around if you feel like something that you're doing is might be a bit excessive, like re- reducing your calories or over-exercising, putting some boundaries in. So because I was uh, exercising, you know, twice a day, I had to say, okay, my limit is four to five times a week and that's it. Got to right. a point a few years ago, Laura, where my doctor actually had to write a letter to the gym owner to say that to make is only in, allowed it in here. Oh one, yeah, God. once a week, uh, once a day. Yeah, it was, it was bad. So putting in your own personal boundaries yeah. around exercise and and eating is probably something that would really, um, really help someone that's that's feeling a little bit out of control or, or worried about their their behaviors. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, this is another topic to this is um, sorry a point to talk in another mm-hmm. podcast as well because we won't be able to finish. Yeah. Um, this this topic all in one podcast today but i think there's so much value to gain out of it mm-hmm. that it's not just it doesn't just stop with your body how you look and how much you weigh it definitely carries on and bleeds on into other um other areas of your life your self-confidence um the what you think you deserve in life because yeah. if you're always feeling like i need to punish myself i don't deserve food i can't have fun i can't enjoy then even um i've noticed for myself personally even when love came when friends came and people accepted me for who I was I didn't accept me for who I was yeah so I was very hard to open up um, yeah man that definitely is left for another podcast but um <laughs> unfortunately our time here is done today yes um, gosh this is a been a big one Laura and there's so many more things that we could talk about but um yes mindful of you know our time and everyone's time as well what's so, the one thing that you could leave our audience with today mm. I think it's absolutely thinking about your self, self-worth self outside your body image. So going back to what we are talking about before, really honing in on who are you as a person? Who is your identity away from your body image? Yeah, I think that's something to really reflect on. And a little exercise might be helpful mm-hmm. is getting out your pen and making yourself write 30 to 50 things that you love about yourself that aren't associated with your body image. Oh, that's a really good mm. one. Um, for me, it would be to, if you don't, if you can't see a way out now, that's okay. Start with small steps and just trust in the process sometimes. Um, it's what, there's the only thing that you can do. So my advice would be to focus on establishing healthy habits mm-hmm. and just follow those habits. Like, let's say I'll train five days a week or every morning I'm going for a walk mm-hmm. um, every morning I'm going to have a healthy breakfast yeah. just things like that just follow the healthy habits and you will get in shape and you will feel better and you'll you know you'll start to see the light in the end yeah I love that Laura mm. oh this has been really nice and thank you so much for sharing your stories and 
I think their listeners will absolutely gain something from um, from this podcast. So if you do, guys, please leave us, um, you know, leave us a review, provide some feedback, um, and reach out if you have any further questions or you know any comments or stories that you'd like to share. Do you reckon we should leave our um, Instagram at the end or, or something? That's like a really that? good idea. Yeah, because you've gotten a couple of messages um, from people who've listened and say that you know the content that has been wonderful or which part of it helped then that helps us make better content in the future as well absolutely so we'll leave it in the description yeah yep. that sounds good all right cool thanks guys for all right in. thanks guys bye, bye.